I'm Angela Bowen, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And today I'll be reviewing Season 1, Episode 12, the hour-long Christmas special entitled, Yes, Punky, There is a Santa Claus. This episode aired on December 16th, 1984. But before I get into that, it's been about not quite a month yet, almost, since the last episode that I put up, which was announcing the Christmas Punky Brewster episodes that I'd be doing. So that being said, how was everyone's Thanksgiving? If you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope it was good. I hope you had a lot of good food, good family time. How are you guys all like in December? Christmas is almost here. Can you believe it? I assume that everyone that celebrates Christmas has their tree up. Also, um, for those of you that may not celebrate Christmas, I hope that you all are getting ready to have a wonderful holiday. Whatever holiday you celebrate, I hope it's going to be amazing. Is anyone buried under snow yet? Because we're not there, but it feels like we're getting there. Jeremy, my husband, has already had to use the snowblower like four times this week. Seriously. Because we live on a corner, so he's got to do the walkway up to the house. He's got to do the front sidewalk in front of the house, the sidewalk on the side of the house, and the driveway. Which, our driveway isn't very long, but still, that is a lot of work. And I'm happy that he does that because... I really don't want to. <laughs> I mean, I will help shovel and stuff like that when it's, like, too much for the snowblower to go through. But that's about as far as that extends. Alright, guys. Um, we are going to do things a little bit different here. I've taken some notes on this episode. And then I got up to a point with the notes. And then I, I kind of got busy doing a lot of other things. You know, with my other podcast and everything. So what we're going to do, I'm going to go through the notes that I've done so far, you know, play the clips that I've chosen, and then I'm kind of going to do kind of sort of commentary-ish for the majority of rest of the episode, but I'll still be, you know, playing the clips that I've chosen and everything. So it's going to go kind of like a regular episode, just you might notice a difference because I'm going to be describing later on what's going on on screen and everything. So, without further ado, let's jump into this awesome Christmas episode. Yes, Punky, there's a Santa Claus. I watch this every single year. I already did watch it with my husband. So, alright. Oh, I'm sorry about the yawn. It's, I got up, <laughs> got up at like 11 o'clock this morning. I've been doing that a lot lately. I have flannel sheets on my bed now, and... It's like in the morning, I don't even want to get out of bed because they are that warm. I don't even have to use the heating blanket so far. All right. Okay, let's get into this episode. We start off the episode in Mrs. Morton's class. Yep, it's season one, guys. Punky's in third grade, and Mike Fulton has not happened yet. We haven't entered season... I mean, I currently, on the podcast, am reviewing... I'm coming to an end on season two. So we're coming to the end of Mike's reign there in fourth grade. But right now, in this episode, we're back in season one. So the kids all sit on top of their desks to watch a play put on by Punky, Cherry, Margot, and Ellen, entitled The Saddest Raindrop. Mrs. Morton introduces them as the Punky Players, and Punky announces to the class The Saddest Raindrop by Punky Brewster. 
Oh, so this is a play she wrote herself and her friends are helping her perform the play. All right. Also, why can't these kids sit in their desks, not on top of them? I mean, from that vantage point, you can still see the play without a problem if you're sitting in your desk. Even Mrs. Morton is sitting on the on her desk. So the kids performed the play, and I want to play a clip of it, so I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, The Saddest Raindrop by Punky Brewster. Yay! Yay! Punky! Starring America's sweetheart, Margot Kramer. Ooh! Peasant! <laughs> Once upon a time, high up in the sky, there was a cloud full of raindrops. Oh! <laughs> oh boy! Feels like rain! That's us! I can't wait! I can! It's no fun being a raindrop! Yes, it is! We get to spoil picnics and ruin parades and wreck expensive hairdos! <laughs> hey, look! There's a guy down there just finished washing his car! That's where I'm gonna land! <laughs> has to make this all about her as she introduces herself as America's sweetheart, Margot Kramer. And the kids watching from their seats all boo her and stick their noses in the air. She just glares, of, glares at them and calls them peasants. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it forever on this podcast. Why isn't she in private school? Her parents can afford to send her there. It would be best for all. She makes these kids' lives miserable. I mean, come on, Margot. They're not going to bow down to you ever. The girls hold up decorated pieces of wood out to uh, in front of their faces to look like raindrops as they start the play. The girls are sitting on a table that's decorated with a tarp painted to look like a cloud as the girls pretend to be raindrops. As a raindrop, they tell the class how fun it is to be a raindrop. Margot explains how, as a raindrop, she can spoil picnics, ruin parades, and wreck fancy hairdos. Cherry mentions how, as a raindrop, she's going to land on some guy's some guy washing his car. Uh, I don't see how that would ruin it, being that cars drive in rain all the time. Then Punky wishes, as a raindrop, she could be special, different, one of a kind. And Cherry shouts excitedly, Look, here comes the north wind! As we see a curtain drawn 
drawn back to reveal Alan dressed in his usual gray sweatshirt that that boy will wear forever. With a card, he's wearing a cardboard cutout of a cloud with a lightning bolt attached to his hat, and he's holding a larger version of that in his hands. He looks at Punky asking out of the corner of his mouth, as though not to break character, what his direction is, what he's supposed to do. And she's like, nothing, you just blow. So he blows loudly as the girls, as raindrops complain about the drop in temperature and the wind chill. Then Punky asks, something is, something's happening to us. Then they flip their plywood raindrops over to reveal snowflake patterns on the other side and they all shout we're snowflakes and punky concludes the play with i used to be the saddest raindrop but now i'm the happiest snowflake the end and the kids and mrs morton all cheer and clap mrs morton cheerfully tells the girls that she hasn't been as moved or entertained since she saw the production of oklahoma Oh, if you're wondering if you can even hear that sound, that uh, music playing in the background, that's our Peanuts uh, clock. We put it up every Christmas, so every hour on the hour it uh, plays a Christmas tune. Mrs. Morton tells the kids that Santa hasn't answered her telegram to have him, you know, come for a visit to school. The kids kind of make their disappointment known, like, oh, but she tells them, I'll keep trying, don't worry. And she reminds them that Christmas is a time for sharing and tells them to come up with something they can share with their parents. And Punky thinks to herself, then snaps her fingers when an idea comes to her. In the next scene, she's in the photography studio with Henry as she's adjusting a Christmas wreath on the wall and she's wearing a giant red bow on her shirt. As she turns around to face Henry and his camera. This is a fun little montage as they both straighten each other's red bows on their shirts, and then Henry goes to his camera to set up the shot, but she holds her hand up to stop him. Then she goes in the back, like, well, I gotta get Brandon. So she brings out Brandon with his little uh, rope leash, and he's wearing a Santa hat and beard. Brandon has gotten a little bit bigger. He's not quite the little 10-month-old puppy he used to be. So Henry sets the camera on a timer, and we see the camera take many shots of him, Punky, and Brandon together. A lot of pictures are taken, and it's a good thing because it takes forever for Brandon to face the camera. Now in the kitchen, Punky's looking at the Christmas card and saying how these cards turned out great. These cards, I must say, are huge. They're like the size of a 5 by 7 Punky tells him, let's hurry up and mail them. And Henry has two envelopes from the two people who sent cards last year. Punky is surprised as she says, you only got two cards last year? And he tells her, yes. And what's upsetting is, I sent out three. She tells him he has to send out lots and lots of cards if he expects to get lots back. And she explains how it's a lots theory. Well, you know what, Punky? Um, let me tell you something. Over the years, you know, I've sent out a bit of cards and I don't really get that many I haven't gotten nearly as many back over the last couple of years so I've taken it upon myself to make some for just a, you know immediate family and then the rest of people I just like put the card scan the card on the computer and then I just send it in mess Facebook messenger so I'm still giving people my Christmas card in the um Facebook Messenger, so they're still getting it in my friends list.
So that way they still feel included. But, you know, Punky sadly does not know that, you know, that costs a lot of money. Not just, you know, to make the cards. Whether you, even whether you buy your cards or make them off of uh, the computer or go down to, you know, Meyer or Rite Aid or Walgreens or wherever you do it online and make your cards. Do you want to know how much a book of 20 stamps are and forever stamps being the ones that the amount stays the same even if they change the price? It's $10 for a book of stamps. That's why the last couple years, like I said, I just sent out about 20 Christmas cards or so. And the rest I just send a picture of the card in Messenger on Facebook. This way it's a lot more affordable and convenient. Then Punky suggests they should send a card to everyone in the building. Um, yeah, that's a great idea, Punky. You could save on stamps, too, by just, you know, handing the card out. How much would that cost Henry to make all those picture cards? I'd say make those up for, like, Betty and Cherry and, you know, even, um, Eddie, the maintenance guy, which we do see him for a minute as he brings this little envelope with a money sign on it saying it's customary for, um landlords to give their maintenance people like a Christmas bonus or something and Henry's like oh yes I, I do have a gift for you Eddie he's like oh really what's that and Henry's like I'm gonna let you live till Easter <laughs> so I thought that was funny so yeah like I said you know if they could just make up those for like Betty Cherry and close relatives but everyone else you know just send store-bought cards because I can imagine like I said those picture cards those have got to be expensive to print so, Punky turns to Brandon to have him lick the envelope, the seal of the envelope, and then she makes a gross-out face as she seals it up, like, ugh, doggy slobber. Then Henry hands her the Wappelman's Christmas card with a note saying the rent is overdue. You hear a lot about these Wappelmans over the course of the four seasons. These people are just, they're weird. Um, I think Mr. Wappelman, you'll find out in this episode, is uh, alcoholic. <laughs> So, um, they sound like deadbeats. Anyway, Punky tells him, he can't, you can't do that. It's Christmas. And then Henry kind of relents, but he says, well, if they don't pay, he's sending them a Valentine's Day card with an uh, eviction notice. Punky just turns to Brandon and says, boy, Brandon, looks like someone around here is pretty grumpy. Henry apologizes and explains how he's not used to having the Christmas spirit and tells her how before she came along, he was always alone at this time of year. You know, that's sad. Poor Henry. While Christmas can be a fun time for some people, it can be a sad and lonely time for those that may not have family nearby or friends to spend the holidays with. Henry tells her, you can't be, a you can't be more alone than when you're alone at Christmas. Ain't that the truth? Punky smiles and tells him, well, then I'm glad I'm here. And he smiles and tells her, me too. He tells her they're going to have the best Christmas ever. And she thrusts her hands in the air. Yippee! And then he tells her they're going to do all the things that he did when he was young. And she asks him, they had Christmas way back then? And he tells her, yeah, I was lucky. The three wise men lived on my block. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Henry explains how Christmas always brings back wonderful memories of his childhood, and then the, the tea kettle boils, cutting off his story as he stands up to get the kettle and pour it into the tea holder with the tea bag. As he tells her about when he was young and he and his family would fly to Massachusetts, then he and his grandpa 
would go into the woods and cut down their Christmas tree until Henry was 12. Then they stopped because his grandfather got attacked by a moose. Yikes! I wouldn't want to go into the woods after that. Are moose native to Massachusetts? They might be. I don't know. He tells her the family bought their Christmas tree after that, but they still had fun decorating it. He takes the tray with the tea, and they both head into the living room as he asks if she's got, you got your chocolate chippies? And she's like, yep, you got your macaroonies? Because Henry loves macaroons. That's going to come into play later in this episode. It's I find that cute. So I want to play this clip of Punky and Henry as they talk of Christmas dinner and cranberry pudding that Punky suggests, you know, asks if Henry can make. Because her mom used to make it. So this kind of does bring her mood down a bit. As it brings, you know, thoughts of her mom. Because last Christmas, I'm sure she was spending that with her mom. Hold on a second here. Mm, throat's getting dry. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, and so the first seven years of her life, she had been spending Christmas with her mom. And now it's like, now this is an adjustment. This is her first Christmas without her mother, but her first Christmas with Henry. So I'm going to play that clip, and I will be right back. You got your chocolate chippies? Yeah, you got your macaroonies? Yep. <laughs> uh, Christmas Eve was my favorite. We sang carols and drank eggnog and hung up our stockings. And of course, we all had to get to bed early. You know why? Because the earlier you go to bed, the earlier Santa Claus will come. Right. Oh, I can't wait till Christmas. I wish it was today. Hey, slow down your mojo. <laughs> we got lots to do before Christmas. We haven't even decided what we're going to have for Christmas dinner. Oh, right. Can we have cranberry pudding? Cranberry pudding? Yeah, my mom used to make it for us at Christmas. It's Yamaroo. If we can find the recipe, you can have it. Thanks. Parky, is something wrong? I was just missing my mom, that's all. Oh. I hope that wherever she is, she's okay. I'm sure she is. And I bet she misses you, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, let's think of the wonderful time we're going to have when we sit down for our big Christmas dinner. Okay? Okay. Okay? Okay. Okay! Okay! <laughs> Thanks, Henry. You really made me feel better. Good. Now you can help me to feel better. How? Help me up. My knees have locked. <laughs> Now we're back at school as the kids are being let out of class and Alan starts in with his Christmas list, with his list on him that he pulls out. He's like, I got a few things I want to ask Santa for. He pulls out this list. This list is literally three feet long. It goes from like his neck all the way down to the floor. This little boy might look familiar that comes up to them. 
if you watched Valerie or the Hogan family, it was later changed to in the 80s. He played Willie Hogan, played by Daniel Ponce, but here he plays a bully named Billy Bahutsis, who spoils the kids' talk of Santa by telling them their parents have been lying to them and that Santa isn't real, and basically shuts down any example they give by claiming Santa can't do this or he can't do that. So, then he heads off down the hall. He turns and tells him, oh, by the way, there's no Easter Bunny either. As he laughs maniacally. I want to play this clip because I feel bad for the kids. They were having a great time until this jerk came along to steal their innocence and childlike wonder of believing in Santa. So I will play this clip. I'll be right back. I sure do hope Santa Claus comes tomorrow. They already wrote down a few things I'm going to ask him for. <laughs> Babies, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. What? There is two of Santa Claus. There is not. How could somebody that fat fit down a chimney? And I'll bet none of you even has a chimney. No, but my mom says he goes through the little hole in the front of our dryer. <laughs> that tubby lard couldn't fit in a dryer. And another thing. Where does he get the money to pay for all those toys? He doesn't have to pay for them. He and the elves make them. Well, then who pays the elves? Maybe elves work for nothing. They're probably just happy to have a roof over their heads. <laughs> Nobody works for free. Even an elf has to get paid minimum wage. He's right, Punky. That's the law. Well, then I guess Santa just uses his American Express card. <laughs> yeah, he never leaves the North Pole without it. Do you actually believe he could fly through the air in a sleigh pulled by a reindeer? Well, what's so weird about that? When was the last time you were at the airport and saw a reindeer taking off? I don't care what you say. Our parents told us that Santa Claus was real. Face it, kid. Your moms and dads have been lying to you. There is no Santa Claus. And there's no Easter Bunny either. of the apartment complex, Henry hangs up a wreath outside of their apartment door as Punky comes around the corner wearing a sad face. When he asks how was school, she tells him, Lousy. I found out there was no Santa Claus. They head inside the apartment and Henry takes a wreath he was hanging on the outside of the door and places it around Brandon and asks Punky, What do you mean there's, there's no Santa Claus? And then she tells him about Billy Pahootsits. I want to play this clip of how Henry explains about Santa to Punky, how he's real if you believe he is. He's only real for those that truly believe in him. I think he did a wonderful job. Granted, she still doesn't feel cheered up. Then there's a knock on the door as Betty brings in Cherry, who also is feeling down in the dumps about this Santa re isn't real thing. So I will be right back. <laughs> Hello, Punky. How was school? Lousy. Found out there's no Santa Claus.
What are you talking about? What makes you think there isn't a Santa Claus? Billy Bahootsis. <laughs> Billy Bahootsis? Billy Bahootsis. He's an old kid in the fifth grade. Oh, exactly what did this Billy tell you? He said reindeer can't fly, fat people can't go down chimneys, and elves have to get minimum, minimum wage. Minimum wage? Yeah, that's law. I see. He said parents made up Santa Claus. Is that right, Henry? Tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Let's sit down, Punky. Listen to me. There is a Santa Claus, and he's very real. But he's only real to the people who believe in him. If you believe in Santa Claus, he can do anything. He can get the reindeer to fly, can go down chimneys, and he can make enough toys for every single boy and girl in the whole world. Oh, no, Henry, I'll have to think about it. Right now, I'm having a hard time believing. Hello, Mrs. Johnson. Hi, Henry. I got your Christmas card. Here's the rent. <laughs> Thanks, come in. I'm glad you dropped by. I have a little girl here with a very long face. There's a lot of that going around. I have a great idea. Let's go out and find us two beautiful big Christmas trees. Yeah! Won't that be fun? I don't feel like it right now, Henry. Me neither, Grandma. Come on, Cherry, let's go up to my room and not play. <laughs> suggests they head out and find two beautiful Christmas trees, but Punky and Cherry are too depressed as Punky turns to Cherry and says, come on, Cherry, let's go to my room and not play. After the girls leave the room, Betty asks Henry what kind of a person tells kids there's no Santa Claus. And then Henry starts in on how he's not going to let this little hooligan ruin this Christmas. It's too important. It's Punky's first Christmas without her mother and his and Punky's first Christmas together. Yeah, that Billy must have a terrible home life to go and smash a child's dreams and beliefs to pieces. He clearly got some joy out of that as he walked away laughing like a loon. Henry tells Betty there's got to be a way to prove to Punky that there is a Santa Claus. And then Betty reminds him that the teacher is still looking for someone to play Santa down at the school. Henry tells her, well, I hope you're not thinking of me. And she says, why not? You're as old as he is. And she laughs her butt off. Oh, God, that's funny. He just looks at her and sneers, adding, yeah, and you can be the bag I carry the presents in. That shuts her right up as she gives him the stink eye. Betty lays it out for him that the only way Punky and Cherry will believe in Santa is if they see him. She has a point. Seeing is believing. The girls want proof, not a watered-down explanation. Henry suggests they get Mr. Wappelman to play Santa, commenting how he's always jolly. But Betty tells him, yeah, but by the time we sober him up, it'll be New Year's. <laughs> Betty tells him maybe he should practice his ho-ho-ho. And Henry makes a half-hearted attempt and says, ho-ho-ho. And Betty says, Henry, that's only half a ho-ho-ho. I want to hear a whole 
ho, ho, ho. And then she tells him, well, maybe it would help if I sit on your lap. And then she goes to sit down while he's propped on the arm of the couch and he leaps uh, off of it, pronouncing, ho, ho, ho. She tells him, I'm going to make you this uh, Santa suit. And she tells him, and then he tells her, fine, but please, let's let's keep this between us. She tells him, sure, no problem. And she heads out to the door, opens it, and shouts, hey, Eddie, guess what? And Henry whirls around, shocked, like, no, no, no don't, definitely don't tell Eddie, please. That's a commitment. If you're going to play Santa, especially if there's kids who are already doubting, you want to make sure you can pull this off and put the doubts to bed and set their minds at ease. So now we move on to the school as the kids are exchanging their gifts and Mrs. Morton is rolling in gifts from the students. Presents piled on her desk as she opens one and it's a giant box of Whitman's chocolates. I think one Christmas I did get my teacher a box of chocolates in elementary school. Punky hands Margo a gift, which Margo opens and loves because it's a mirror. Punky tells her, I knew you'd never get tired of looking at yourself. And then Margo gives Punky what else but a life-size poster of herself. Yikes. Punky makes a crack about how she always wanted a picture of Miss Piggy. Margo's insulted, yet she still looks in the mirror to check her reflection. <laughs> Alan gives Cherry her gift, and he's jumping up and down inside his body ecstatically. His gift to her, we come to find out... Is his grandma's dentures as Cherry holds them up by her thumb and forefinger as she nervously inspects them only to drop them in the box when he tells her what they are. Uh, she got new ones. That's nasty. Ellen, boy, what is wrong with you? Cherry tells him, um, open mine next. And it turns out it's a rubber spider and that he tells her excitedly, it's just what I've always wanted. And he thanks her with a quick kiss on the cheek. They both realize what just happened and Ellen turns away giggling as she gasps in shock and covers her mouth in embarrassment. I want to play this clip because it is so funny. I'll be right back. Woo! Here, Margo, here's yours. anything gonna crawl out of this you're just gonna have to open it and see a mirror yeah i knew you'd never get tired looking at yourself <laughs> you're right puppy i love it it's me here this is for you Poster Miss Piggy. <laughs> I don't look like Miss Piggy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I know you're gonna love it, Cherry. <laughs> Teeth? <laughs> yeah, they're my grandma's. <laughs> she bought new ones. <laughs> Thanks. Oh boy, a rubber spider, just what I wanted. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Mrs. Morton rushes to the door as we hear sleigh bells as she, outside the door as she peeks outside her classroom 
she tells the kids, Santa Claus is here. Henry, dressed as Santa, comes in and the kids all swarm him. Well, all but Punky, Cherry, Margot, and Alan, who hang back suspicious of this man dressed in red and white. Henry points the kids out as Punky asks, how do we know you're the real Santa? And he tries to prove it by calling them out by name. And Margot calls his bluff by explaining, he probably just read our names off the attendance sheet. Then Henry proceeds to list several things about Margot. She has a little brother named Bradford, that she lives on Oak Lane and has a pink bicycle. Then he points to Alan and tells him the only that only the real Santa would know that you're Alan Anderson and you live in a little white house with a green picket fence and that you're Cherry Johnson, who's best friends with Punky. I thought it was funny after he said that to Alan. He's like, that's probably right. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I guess. You don't know the color of your own house and picket fence, Alan? Come on now, buddy. <laughs> so Henry holds out his hands asking, do you need any more proof? And then Punky says, nope, you're the real Santa, all right. And I'll never listen to Billy Bahootsis again. And Henry chimes in with, oh, Billy Bahootsis? You mean the boy who's getting nothing for Christmas? And the kids all cheer at that. So Henry's like, see, something about, like, um, when kids misbehave, that's, then Santa's got a little, get a little rough. That kid must be a holy terror to all of them, being he's in the third grade and they're, He's in the fifth grade, and they're in the third. Mrs. Morton asks if maybe the kids would like to ask Santa what they want for Christmas, as she brings a chair forward for him to sit down, and Henry calls forth Alan. I want to play this clip because Alan's up there for like 20 minutes, because we see that clock. Henry's head <laughs> is lulling to the side because he's fallen asleep as Alan prattles on with his Christmas wishes. I think the other kids are out of it, too. Alan asks for a toy truck, a train set, a softball, a video recorder, a Learjet, I think. Then we see the clock. It's currently 2.05 when he starts. Then the clock flashes forward. It's 2.21. So he's been up there for 16 minutes. I'd say five minutes per kid tops. It's like the end of the day. These kids are going to miss the bus home. So, um... Alan's still going strong as he adds a three-wheeler, a food processor for my mom, a million dollars, a house at Disneyland, and an ant farm. So I'm going to play this clip, and I'll be right back. everybody. Oh, Mr. Santa Claus, we're so glad you came. <laughs> I love your outfit. <laughs> you should wear red more often. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> well, boys and girls, are you happy to see me? Yeah! Mmm, I see certain boys and girls are not as happy as others. What's the matter, little girl? Excuse me, but how do we know that you're the real Santa? Because only the real Santa would know that your name is Punky Brewster, and you're Sally Foreman, and you're Margot Kramer. That doesn't prove anything. If 
Colonel looked up our names on the attendant sheet. Margot, I also know that you have a little brother named Bradford, and that you live on Oak Lane, and you have a pink bicycle. Wow, that's absolutely correct. And only the real Santa would know that you're Alan Anderson, and that you live in a little white house with a green picket fence. Wow, that's probably right. <laughs> and you, Cherry, are best friends with Bunky. You need any more proof? Nope! You're the real Santa and I'll never listen to Billy Bahootsis again! Billy Bahootsis? Oh, you mean the little boy who's getting nothing for Christmas? <laughs> you see, when people don't believe in Santa, then he has to get a little rough. Excuse me. Santa, maybe the boys and girls would like to tell you what they want for Christmas. Yes! yes. yes. Alan, we'll start with you. Thanks, Santa. <laughs> well, Alan, have you been a good boy this year? Well, I had a pretty good August. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. Well, Alan, what do you want for Christmas? I want a toy truck and a train set, a softball, and a video recorder, and a speed. processor for my mom, and a million dollars, and a house in Disneyland, and an ant farm, and Ellen. <laughs> Don't you think you should give someone else a chance? But I'm not finished yet. No, yes you are. <laughs> Finally. Finally, Mrs. Morton gets Alan's attention, thus waking up Henry and the other kids in the process. As she tells him, Alan, do you think that it's time for someone else to have a turn? He tells her, but I'm not done. And Henry practically throws Alan off his lap and tells him, oh, yes, you are. So Henry calls over Punky, who hops right up on his lap. And he asks her, what would you like for Christmas? So... The one thing she really wants is for Santa Claus to find her mom. Oh, boy. Um, how is Henry going to handle this? Well, I'm going to play this clip, and we're probably going to stop it here for the episode, and then I'm going to pick it right back up so that way we can finish tomorrow. i got to set my alarm so I can get up early so I can get groceries. It's Friday. It's going to be crazy busy. Um... But we're going to do that. This is going to be the only two-parter uh, Punky Christmas episode. The other ones are going to be played in full. I apologize. It's like 1.30 in the afternoon and I got to like get dressed for work. Because I have been heading out earlier. Because with the snow on the ground and everything, the roads sometimes might get a little bad. So I just want to make sure I can do my job on time. But... Enjoy this first half, guys, and we will conclude with the other half tomorrow. All right, guys, have a great Thursday. It's almost the weekend is almost here. All right, bye-bye. Bunky, you can be next. Thanks, Santa. And what can Santa bring you for Christmas? A dollhouse? A bicycle. No, there's only one thing I really want for Christmas. 
only one thing? Then I'll make sure you get it. Really? Absolutely. I want you to bring back my mom. jumpier than a sack of cats. I can't help it. I've become very attached to the lower half of my face. Thank you. No! You're welcome. I guess I should be grateful you didn't pull my face completely off. Well, Henry, with that face, I'm not so sure. I never should have listened to you in the first place. I told you I'd never be able to pull off playing Santa Claus. But it worked. Yes, and now she believes Santa's going to produce her mother. Well, that's your fault. You should have just told Punky that Santa can't do everything. Also, um, I wanted to say I just let the clip kind of play through with Henry back at the studio with Betty. He's kind of telling her what happened when Punky sat on his lap and asked that she wanted Santa to bring back her mom. So, and she... Yeah, she kind of says, yeah, you could have maybe handled that a little bit better for a mom. You could have said you put your order, she put her order in too late. For a mom, you need at least six months or six weeks or something like that. And then Henry's like, I didn't think of that. You know, and it's like in the moment you don't. And he was just probably just stunned into silence. I don't need, I mean, because it cuts off there and then we go to the studio. So we don't know if he just didn't say anything to her or he just said, yes, I will gladly do that for you. And this is all the while Betty is trying to pull off um, the Santa beard and everything. It's like, and poor Henry. It's like, did she put this on with glue? His face is red and raw. Like, oh my god. I mean, you think maybe she would have taped it on there or something. But it's like, he's like crying in agony. Like, my face. So, um, yeah. And, you know, with, with that, basically, we'll get into that, t you know, tomorrow. More about how that goes down. Because he tells her, I want to try again to find punky's mother and betty's basically like you know what you tried already and nobody can find her mom and then henry's like you know i told punky that if she believed in santa that he could do anything and he's like i got i have to try this so that's what he does he leaves dressed in a santa suit and no beard with pillows stuffed up his shirt and pants so Looking ridiculous. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode, uh, part one, excuse me, part one episode. And tomorrow we will continue with Yes, Punky, There is a Santa Claus part two. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>